Source Code, Decipher's weekly news wrap podcast. Researchers are warning that a vulnerability in certain WSO2 products has been exploited in the wild since April. Over the last few weeks, attackers have been exploiting the flaw to install Linux-compatible Cobalt Strike beacons and more on targeted systems. While a patch was released in April, the critical unrestricted file upload vulnerability is serious in that attackers can be remote and they don't need user interaction or administrative privileges for abuse. Mike Milner, VP of Cloud Technology with Trend Micro, talks more about the flaws and how WSO2 users can protect themselves. So the WSO2 uh, product is a suite of identity products for applications and APIs. So anytime there's a vulnerability in identity solutions like this, Everyone pays attention because these are systems that provide access to other systems. So the vulnerability in this case, uh, CVE 2022-29464, is a combination of actually two weaknesses in the WSU2 project. First, the app's own file upload endpoint doesn't require authentication in order to upload a file. This makes the vulnerability open to unauthenticated users. The second weakness is that uploaded files are written to disk and the file name provided by the user or attacker in this case is not sufficiently validated. This allows a path traversal attack to write uploaded files anywhere the web server can write to. This includes the web app's own directories, which means the file can also contain executable Java code. Put it all together and now an attacker with no other access to the system can send a single request to write this executable Java code, and then a second request to run it. Part of our research on vulnerabilities like this is understanding the use and evolution of attacks from different threat actors. And this one evolved fairly rapidly. The vulnerability was disclosed back on April 18th. Two days later, there was a public proof of concept. And then around a week later, there was actually a Metasploit module to to exploit this. And as part of the exploitation, we've observed really two primary exploit paths. Now the first coin mining, leveraging that vulnerability to download and run coin miners, which is fairly common for this type of vulnerability, means it can just be untargeted, deployed on really any vulnerable installation. But in addition to coin mining, we've observed a notably aggressive installing of web shells on both Windows and Linux environments. This includes use of a Linux compatible Cobalt Strike Beacon That's interesting since there's no official beacon provided for Linux. So what we observed would have been prepared by the threat actor. And because WSO2 is an identity product, this kind of concept of a persistent access via web shell could be particularly interesting to a threat actor. And that might explain this rise interest in web shells. So if anyone else is affected by this vulnerability, definitely include a review of applications protected by WSO2 to ensure no further access was granted. Our research on this is gonna continue, but we think it's pretty interesting how this has evolved so far. Researchers recommend that impacted users remediate the flaw immediately with instructions that can be found in WSO2's advisory. 
Also topping the news this week is a nasty Microsoft Zero Day that attackers are actively exploiting in many current versions of Office and Windows. The vulnerability requires no user interaction, and it can be used to gain remote code execution on target machines. Microsoft has issued an advisory, but there is no patch available yet. Although there are no patches available at this point, there are some mitigations that effectively eliminate the known attack vector. Microsoft's guidance is to disable the MSDT URL protocol, which can be done from the command line in Windows. Finally, attackers are getting quicker at launching ransomware attacks against enterprises, with new IBM X-Force research finding that the average duration of enterprise ransomware attacks went down between 2019 and 2021, from over two months to under four days. The maturing underground cybercrime economy has spurred this change, with initial access brokers and affiliate models helping ransomware operators quicken their attack life cycles. John Dwyer, head of research with IBM Security X-Force, talked about the motivations for the research. You know, it's been extremely fascinating watching ransomware rise and persist as the biggest industry agnostic threat over the past five plus years. And through the success of ransomware, we've seen these very healthy criminal economies be created and thrive through things like the increased collaboration that we're observing, the ransomware as a service model and access brokers. And what kicked off this research effort was that I just started noticing that the attacks seemed to feel faster. Now, after doing so many of these investigation over the years, you kind of just get a feel for what is normal and what seems new. So I kind of got low-key obsessed with attack timelines, and that led us down the path of reviewing over 150 successful ransomware attacks between 2019 and 2021. And what we realized was that the ransomware attack lifecycle hasn't changed significantly in terms of tools, tactics, and procedures, but the duration of the attack from start to finish has dropped significantly by 94% specifically. You know, in 2019, the average ransomware attack took two months. In 2020, that dropped significantly to 9.5 days. And last year, ransomware operators only needed four days from start to finish to execute the attack. You know, four days is not a long time for an organization that is not properly prepared to detect, respond, and contain. So the pressure is on for defenders because the data shows us that the window of opportunity to stop the compromise before it becomes a crisis is closing. The good news is we understand how ransomware attacks happen extremely well. And through that knowledge, we can build a very robust protection, detection, and response strategy to combat the threat of ransomware. Things like privileged access control, credential hygiene, and network segmentation are just some of the many great options for protection. And the research does actually touch on detection and response. And I think the data reveals that all organizations need to be testing their response capabilities and their processes frequently. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Source Code Podcast. While you were